Okay, welcome back to the series, series of utmost importance, the series. I am a host here. My name is Tom. That was weird. Why'd you say it like that, man? Now everyone who listens is going to think we're weirdos. Just go with it, okay? I'm Neil, a host. Oh, fuck, I fucked it up too. (laughs) So we're doing something different today. Mm -hmm. Um, This is an addendum episode. It's an addendum, but it's also like a standalone, you know? Sure. It's a Whatever sequel. Whatever you want to call it. It's its, own, it's its own entity discussing the new Vampire Weekend album, Father of the Bride. It works yeah. as a companion piece to our first Vampire Weekend episode where we talk about the first three albums. But, you know, it also works on its own because every album is its own, is its own thing. I prefer to think of it as part two of a series of Vampire Weekend. Oh, uh, nice. You just I really just mind. like talking about series so much. Uh, I can't we should name our show something about series. series. I, I have so, much, so many show notes for an episode <laughs> on geologic series, geologic eras. I'm, I'm pumped to do that one day. Oh, my God. We can tie it in with like a Jurassic Park episode or something, but we're talking... We're going to educate all our listeners on geologic eras. You know what? It's going to be all downhill once we pass Jurassic era. <laughs> uh, so, Father of the Bride. Yes, not to be confused with the Steve Martin movie. Can you... You think the experience is improved uh, of enjoying either of those pieces of work by having the other on in the background? Absolutely. That's how I first listened to this album. Watching that great, maybe eighties movie. <laughs> so, what do you think of this that, album, Tom? Uh, so I'll say it's one of those albums that took a while to grow on me, and it came out pretty recently. But I think I've been listening to it a good amount. It came out May third this year. Okay, about a month ago. Um. And it was, it's definitely, it feels different from their other albums, I think. Mm-hmm. It feels slower and less, less vibrant, I think. Because they've always had a lot of like, I don't know, maybe like world music things in there, sort of, yeah. like pulling African beats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like there's less of that, and it's more, more, just regular indie music. I think. That being said, I do now really enjoy it, and I do like it a lot. Um, I kept listening to it, and I think it's a really solid album. I don't know if it's, I don't think it's my favorite, but it could be one day. Um, it's also considerably longer than other albums it's a yeah it's a considered a double album it's like an hour long yeah so i think it i think it's pretty good man um what how you... much how much of the difference do you think is due to rostam leaving the band that's a good question because i think he still was a producer so he probably he, had he was, much but less on, i'm not sure on how many songs yeah that's true um, I, I'm sure it had 
a decent amount to do with it because my understanding is that Rostam came up with a lot of the music, like the compo- composing the music, and Ezra Koenig did a lot of the he did all the lyrics basically, which are the good, lyrics. you know, each independently are really good and. Um, Hello, you froze. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. All, all I heard was Ezra did a lot of the, and then you didn't say anything for a while. He did a lot of the cocaine. <laughs> no, he did a lot of the lyrics for the music. Um, yeah. And Rossum did the composing and stuff. So, so looking just uh, at the track list, as you said, it's 18 songs long. I see Rostam's name on maybe four of the songs. Harmony Hall, which probably is the most Vampire Weekend the of yeah. the of the songs. That was the lead single as well. They did an interesting release thing with the with this album. They have been releasing, I think, two songs a month for the last few months. Yeah, Harmony Hall. They did twenty twenty one. Some point, mm-hmm. um, I think unbearably white too, which is really Vampire Weekend's thesis statement. I know, right? I I need to dig in more on that song. And is it actually about uh, being unbearably white? Uh, I can totally I, relate. It might be. I I can't relate, <laughs> but I can basically relate. You're bearably white. I'm. I'm brown but white. You're I'm like a unbearably brown. brown. <laughs> I'm an Oreo, Sonica says. Um, and okay, so I, I I enjoyed the album as well, but like you said, it's it took a while to grow on me, and it's not it's definitely not my favorite Vampire Weekend album. Um. It's lighter, it's slower. It's it's just like a very, very different vibe. It's almost like a different band besides his voice. It feels more like a solo project for Ezra, which is basically what it is now, what Vampire Weekend is now. Yeah, I mean, they have the other guys who have been around since the beginning, but I don't know how... I don't know, you know? I'm I mean, sure I'm they have comparing... some say, right? Yeah, I'm not comparing Vampire Weekend to the Beatles, but like in there, there was Lennon and McCartney. I'm not saying Rostam and Ezra are like that, but two equally <laughs> important forces for right. the band. I think they were both equally important for the first three albums. Yeah, so no, I, I agree. Think it's, it's undoubtedly going to have a different vibe this time. Yeah, and um, from the first song, you get like a whole different feel because there's a lot of there's a couple of songs on this that are uh, that have female vocalists for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it's Haim. Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the sisters from Haim. And she's in three songs, I think, right? First she's song. in Hold You Now, the first song. Yeah. She's in Married in a Gold Rush. And she's in We Belong Together. Which, by the way, is a really cheesy song, but I it's do really like cool. it a lot. Oh, oh. You're no. going to say you don't like it? I was going to say it's the worst song on the album. I thought when I saw it, I was like, this is stupid. But... I like it, man. Call it a guilty pleasure if you want, but uh, it's pretty solid. Also, let me note that uh, Rostam was with a co-writer to that song and producer. So, 
Wow. Kind of backs me a little bit. That's my my stand on it. I didn't know Rostam sucks now. <laughs> so um, in our previous Vampire Weekend episode, we did that episode before um, this album was announced or released. And at the time, they were working on a they were working uh, from a working title called Mitsubishi Macchiato. Yeah. Which was not supposed to mean anything. It was just supposed to be like a vibe, a sort of feeling that they were trying to get people to uh, think about for the album. I don't think that came through at all. <laughs> I don't know. To me, that implies like more of a foreign influence, more energy. And, yeah. And um, it's, it's fine. It's not, it's, it's not, it's a good album. It's just mm-hmm. not what I was expecting from a Vampire Weekend album. Me neither. But it's all, it's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, the bands evolve and you, what you picture is like the same thing as the last album, right? Yeah. When you're like, oh, it's going to be another, another 12, you know, I don't know, Columbia educated, like Zimbabwe beat music and they come out with you something different and you have to see if you like it or not so Uh, ezra has said that um in all of the albums they try to have two competing um not not influences what's the word i'm looking for like two competing vibes in an album interesting i don't know and i i think they've done that on this album as well but Hmm. what he what's different about this album is that that he said he stopped trying to outdo himself he stopped trying to like he didn't think that for all for each of the previous albums he thought this needs to be the best album i've ever made so your the debut vampire weekend that yeah. had to be good because if it wasn't good they wouldn't have succeeded yeah. as a band contra that had to be good because if it wasn't good they wouldn't have kept up with their hot street hit wonder yeah modern vampires of the city i mean that's the third album it could have been bad if they wanted to but i think the point is that he was such a perfectionist that he really wanted it to be the best that it could. And I think he let go of that a little bit on this album and he was comfortable waiting six years and he had a lot of changes in his life. He moved to LA, he settled down and had a child with Rashida Jones. Um, I don't know. He lives in LA now. mm -hmm. Uh, He, he hosts this radio show on, uh, on Apple, I think. And he did Neo Yokio on Netflix. (laughs) recovered pretty in depth and so he said that modern vampires was like his quarter life crisis album and what happens with a quarter life crisis is you ask all these big questions and then you know you realize not that the questions are unimportant just that they don't have any answers and you should stop worrying about them because you're not going to be functional if you keep worrying about them i think that makes sense i also quarter life isn't he like 35 yeah, I think he was saying like conceptually. <laughs> I think he was saying conceptually it was just quarter life. I don't think he's living until 140. <laughs> um, what does he uh, know that we don't know? <laughs> Is he a vampire? Oh my god, was that oh. the thing the whole time? Wait, <laughs> so what are the what are the themes of this? The themes of this album are yeah. um, well, it's called Father of the Bride. I think the themes are like... So it's about Quincy Jones? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no, I think it's just like 
conceptually letting go of uh i mean i'm talking out of my ass here i don't know what the themes are i didn't write the album to me it feels way less serious than all of the other albums but i think that's what they were going for um the first three songs sort of form this uh this mini arc of like having a kid and stuff mm-hmm. i can't identify with any of this yet in my life i I'm like not at the modern vampires quarter life crisis thing anymore, but I'm not at like yeah. having a child and like I'm I'm in between these two albums right now. Right. Um, yeah. So I think it was just trying something different, and you know, he thinks that this is the best album he's ever written. He said the songs in the latter half are the best that he's written as an artist. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's just like one man's opinion, man. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely feels a lot less serious. I mean, case in point, the song We Belong Together, right? It's not it's not very deep, I think. Well, I don't I wouldn't say that, but it's it's light, right? It feels yeah. lighter. Um, which is which is kind of refreshing in a way. Um, also, just as an aside, looking at the track list, did you realize that the co-writer of Hold You Now, the first song of the album is Hans Zimmer? What? Yeah, I was like, wait, same Hans Zimmer? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it on Wikipedia. Are we sure that's real? When has Wikipedia ever been wrong? Wow. (laughs) Oh, it's a Hans Zimmer sample. Oh, damn it. You're right. Movie. It's a red line. Yep, yep. (laughs) Interesting. Um, oh, and from that same article that's talking about this, the song Unbearably White, Koenig says, is about how infighting among white people about who is marginally more or less white is not interesting. Who is more or less white? Are you trying to be less white or more I don't know. white? I don't know. Um, no, it doesn't interest me. He's right. The, even the cover is different than all the other albums. Just by chance, I was yeah. listening to modern vampires yesterday and that's a beautiful cover um it is yeah we talked about that in our other episode also it was just like one shot from like the 1920s or something yeah. and the album before that contra was like a weird portrait and the album before that was a weird chandelier and this is a this looks like a gif of the earth <laughs> um yeah it's really weird it has that orange stripe and it actually sony music at the bottom is <laughs> It, like there's not much on the album right so it kind of stands out he's and, and that was on purpose also the visual aesthetic was supposed it to must... evoke it was supposed to evoke like children's entertainment it, uh, the earth is supposed to be like a flattened ouroboros the snake okay eating its i tail. can see it kind of with the letter the letters around it and he wanted it, that. he wanted the image to be surrounded by the whiteness for some reason i guess whiteness is a I'm theme of this white. album yeah in case you wanted to know what it's like being white, listen to this. I think this is like a Arctic Monkey situation where you're not, uh, they're sort of reinventing themselves right now. And no one likes an Arctic Monkeys album, I think, immediately after it comes out for the last few yeah. albums. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because each one is so different than anything they've done before. Yeah. Like, we recorded our Arctic Monkeys episode maybe like a year ago now. 
Have you listened to Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino at all? No. Right? And to, to me, it's one of my favorite Arctic Monkeys albums right now. Really? Yeah. I, I've listened to it, but since we recorded, I have not listened to it. No, I know, and that's totally valid. I'm I'm saying like their their reinvention between each album keeps them relevant. Yeah. And I think Vampire Weekend losing half of their creative influence, who knew what this album was going to be like? Yeah. And I think it's pretty good for that. I I totally agree. Yeah, it's it's now having listened to it a few times, it's definitely better than expected. How would you rank their albums? To me, Modern Vampires is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Like, I really, really like that one. Um, then it gets harder. This could, at some point, conceivably slot into number two. Okay. But uh, I still... I think I like the first album for a lot of, like, the hits, though I don't think it's as consistent as some of the other ones. Okay. And then second, I really like all of them. It's hard. It's hard. How about you? I I like all of them. Um, I like Modern Vampires the most, obviously. Um, I like Contra after that. Mm-hmm. And then I think Father of the Bride, then Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. I yeah, I really like like I really really like like probably like six songs on first album vampire weekend mm-hmm. but then there's some ones that are like eh, not that not the best you know what and are the best got... songs on on this album top three songs on father of the bride top three songs so i do think harmony hall is really good okay it's probably not my favorite but i think it's good mm-hmm. um I, you know what song i really like is what? rich man yeah, that was good. It also feels like not very serious. It's basically, I don't know, from from what I know, it's it's from the point of view of a rich man who talks about like how, you know, when he was young, they said that you know what did they say? <coughs> one, in, that one in ten rich men is a satisfied man, and I'm the one. Mm-hmm. Basically, like how he's the exception to everything. It's I don't know, kind of funny. Yeah, no, it's like, good. Um. And you know what? We belong together. Why not? You unironically think we belong together is one of the best songs on this album. I I don't do anything ironically anymore, man. I've left irony behind. You left that in your quarter life Exactly. You're on your father of the bride phase now. No irony. Yeah. How about you? What do Um, you like? Top three songs in no particular order. Um... How long? I don't know why it's just really catchy and sticks in my head. I like head. that song too. Yeah. Um, probably Harmony Hall. Just it's the most, as we said, the most like typical of their songs on this album. And then I weirdly really like their Sunflower. It's a good song. It's a good song. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording the episode that there's the other Sunflower song by uh, Post Malone. Yeah, from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, which comes up in like every episode. We, we should, I mean, that's, I think that's one of our two hallmarks in every episode. We need to mention into the Spider-Verse <laughs> and we need to do our ranking thing. 
I'm going to go back and what's nice about a podcast is you can just add audio to every episode. So I can just George Lucas it. We're going to George Lucas it. We're going to have Jar Jar Binks going into the (laughs) Spider-Verse or Pietro. (laughs) I was just going to say, I more like Pietro than Jar Jar. Um, Yeah, so they have uh, Sunflower. Post Malone has Sunflower and their version of Sunflower I really like. And they did a cover of Post Malone Sunflower. And you, the listener, should go Google this because it's interesting. <laughs> it's not good, but it's interesting. <laughs> um, di- and I have they released their Japanese version of the album with the and the Japanese bonus albums tracks. always seem to have bonus tracks. Yeah, I haven't listened to any of the bonus tracks. Have you? I haven't, but I remember this Jude Law one. It's just <laughs> yeah. it's just uh, him reading a poem. Yep. Got it? With music in the background? Um, yeah, let me see. Let me see what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's called Lord Ullin's Daughter, and it's Jude Law reading a poem. And Jude Law knows Ezra Koenig because he voices a robot butler on Neo Yokio. Oh my gosh. Well, he really owed he really owed Ezra Ezra one for that breakout <laughs> role in a crappy cartoon. Oh my god! His um Ezra's radio show is called Time Crisis, and in that he says that the Lord Olin's daughter is a stripped down version of the song Big Blue, with Jude Law narrating a Thomas Campbell poem. Of the same name. And then there's two other tracks called Houston, Dubai. That's one mm-hmm. track. And then I don't think much about her no more. Okay. I don't yeah. That's interesting because the last song on the actual album is Jerusalem, Jerusalem New York, Berlin. And then the first bonus track <laughs> is like, Houston, Dubai. Two more. Two more cities. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Houston, Dubai. That's interesting. A lot of oil. I guess. Right? They have in common. Jude Law. The young Pope himself. That's right. <laughs> um, incidentally, and on a bit of a downer note, I was, I think I follow Ezra on Instagram. And uh, I think he posthumously weird choice of word but dedicated this album to his mother-in-law oh yeah who died Mm -hmm. um who is peggy lipton peggy lipton from Mm -hmm. twin peaks i think you and i yeah know her most from twin peaks that's norma yeah it's pretty sad but uh she will live on in in, vampire weekend in vampire weekend she was the father of the bride, not Quincy Jones. Oh. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It's interesting because Ezra had a son, and then he named his album Father of the Bride, so I don't know. He has a son, okay. Well, yeah, he doesn't have a daughter. Him. Yeah, it's, it's, not it's just him. conceptually. Yeah. Or maybe it's about like a theoretical granddaughter, and his son will be the father oh. of the bride. Oh, wow. Getting into like the, what's the third life? 
crisis, like three quarter life crisis. <laughs> three quarter life. Are All we right, old? Are uh, no, we're not old. Because like I see, I listen to this album on Spotify on my phone, and then the Earth is spinning, and I'm like, when did album covers start? being animated on spotify that confuses me too i I shut it off when i see that (laughs) i'm like i don't like this the devil got in my phone somehow (laughs) um combination of songs i guess so right (laughs) what two songs on the album would combine to make the best song okay uh do they have to be on the album? What do you mean? I'm going to take that liberty. Okay. I'm going to go Sunflower, uh-huh. the song, and Sunflower, the cover. Oh, interesting. I'm going, to go, I'm going to go Jerusalem, New York, Berlin, and Houston, Dubai. Oh, which one comes first? Yes. <laughs> Well, this was this has been another short, uh, serious series episode. Thanks for yeah. joining us, and you know, check back in for the fifth Vampire Weekend album in nine years. Yeah, that's right. We will be old at that point. <laughs> Who knows what what we'll be complaining about at that point? Just hallucinations of the weird album cover spinning in front of our eyes. Yeah. All right. Thanks for thanks for listening. Keep looking up. We should have a catchphrase for the end of the episode. <laughs> I know. Stay sexy, sailors. No, that doesn't work. I feel like that's already taken. <laughs> Milk comes after cereal. Wink. That's a weird one, but I agree. <laughs> I think. Yeah. We'll we'll workshop it. We could just okay. say into the Spider Verse and then sign off. <laughs> yeah.